Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Refuge Church Online. I'm so glad to be back with you. And uh, if this is your first time with us, we're so glad that you chose to join us, as well as those of you who regularly join us uh, for these services. Uh, today, we certainly pray, as always, that you feel God's love, you hear God's voice, and that you leave away encouraged. And, uh, and so that others can, can be encouraged, if you would, please share this message out with others uh, so that they uh, can join us as well. You never know uh, what impact you could have uh, on someone you do know or maybe even someone you don't know. I'm extremely excited about sharing today's message with you. God's been brooding in my heart for about two weeks now. Um, it is one, another one of those where I think you're going to find that it is just exactly where most of us are, unless you've been uh, sleeping underneath a rock somewhere and haven't been out your house or hadn't turned on the television or anything. But I'm going to talk to you today about dealing with conflict. Never before, in my lifetime at least, has there been more division, conflict, chaos, and even downright hate. There's so much protesting and politicking from most people, not just some people. And there's so much unreal rudeness, selfishness, and seemingly just downright ugliness. You would think at times that we are a bunch of animals with rabies just fighting with each other. Now, I guess you could blame a little bit of the escalation of things on this quarantine that we've all been experiencing. You know, I do understand that the more we're, we're um, you know, kept away from normal life as we know it, um, we, we feel restricted, we feel frustrated. Um, these things related to this pandemic, they create extra frustration, but I'm not so sure that they've produced everything, but they have revealed a whole lot. And what I think it's revealed is, is that most people do not know how to deal with conflict. To be honest with you, some of the people that I am most disappointed with are the people that I would have to say I am most disappointed with are those who claim to be Christ followers. Since when were we given permission by God to act and to speak however we so choose? Aren't we supposed to be children of light? We're called to follow Christ. We're called to be little Christ, which is what Christians are. We, are. we are called to be set apart and live in a way that, that, that reveals the transformation that God has made and is making in us and through us. And I'm afraid, listen, most proclaiming Christians aren't doing any better than the average person when it comes to dealing with conflict. So today, I'm going to preach about how to deal with conflict in a God-honoring way, because we all must learn how to love and how to deal with people who think differently than us, how to handle ourselves in a way that is God-honoring, not just creating unnecessary conflict, nor joining the conflicts. Listen, I understand that we live in divided times. We live in uncertain times. We live in end times. And there are certain things that, that quite honestly, if we, if we go with Scripture, they are going to get worse and not better. But what you and I can allow to get better is how we allow God to work on us and to work through us, how we carry ourselves. Listen, every child of God 
needs to check themselves before they wreck themselves. We need to humble ourselves before God. I'm, I'm asking you this today. Can you ask God, say, God, please examine my heart. Please change my heart. Please lead my heart and my approach to conflict into the way that you would have it to be. I find that dealing with conflict, there are three things that we must be aligning ourselves with God on. I want to share with these things. I'm going to put up on the screen three things that must be aligned with God. First of all, my attitude. Secondly, my approach. And thirdly, my agenda. My attitude, my approach, and my agenda must be what God wants it to be and tells us it needs to be in order for me to be on page with dealing with conflict in a God-honoring way. Now, God has asked me to ask you three very personal questions to ponder when it comes to the chaos around you, when it comes to dealing with conflict. Number one, are you a part of the problem or solution? With all this going on in this world, are you a part of the problem? Are you a part of the solution? Is your attitude to be a part of the solution, if there's anything that you can do or not do. Listen, right now, you might not know the answer fully to this question, but I believe by the end of this message, you will have a very clear idea of where you stand. Because just because something seems right to you or even seems to be right by society doesn't mean it is right. Because what do we often say? We go, well, everybody else is doing this. Listen, as, as, as your mom might have told you uh, when you were growing up, if everybody was jumping off of a bridge, does that mean it's okay for you too? Listen, are you just another part of the problem of this world of chaos, or are you doing what you can to help be a part of true solutions? Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Listen, just like there's only one way to God and one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ and believing in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the promise of eternal life, there's only one way that is best, and that is God's way. Secondly, when it comes to chaos around you, are you a peacemaker? Are you a noisemaker? Are you a peacemaker or are you a noisemaker. Listen, noisemakers are everywhere. They are the people who are loud and proud about what they think, about what they feel, and quite honestly, usually only what they think or feel seems to be ever right. Listen, noisemakers are everywhere. They are creating havoc everywhere they go. But peacemakers, they are God's agents of calmness amidst the chaos. Listen, you can choose to be God's vessel of peace, not just another noisemaker fueling chaos. Now, you can't be a peacemaker among others if you don't have the peace of God within you. I want you to hear that. You can't be a peacemaker with others until you allow God to, to, to bring peace within you. You have to make things right with God so that then you're able to have the right attitude, approach, and agenda to make things right with others. And listen, when you aren't able to make things right, at least from your side of things, 
in, in, in your approach to other people, it's usually a great indicator that you don't have the peace of God within you and therefore you can't help but create havoc around you. Listen, when things are going crazy around you, you can be that agent of God's calmness. Listen, Jesus, he was a world changer. He was a difference maker. He was passionate. He was bold, but he was a peace maker. He did not create chaos just for chaos sake. Matthew 5, 9 says, God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called the children of God. Listen, God's children are to be peacemakers. Now look at Matthew 5, 9 in the message version. It is a paraphrase version for better understanding. It says, you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Listen, the difference between a noisemaker and a peacemaker, a noisemaker, they just want to be heard. They just want to create a fight. They just want to compete. But a true peacemaker is not just trying to fight with someone. They may be fighting for something, but they care about the causes of Christ. They, they, their, their battles are worth something, but people still matter to them. Listen, often it's when we're most frustrated, we're, we're most pressured and tested, such as in these times, that our true character is revealed. Heated times and conflict, they reveal your character, and they will either reveal the noise within you or the peace of God that anchors you. Listen, you don't have to accept and like everything that everybody says around you or everybody does. I don't but I don't go around saying, hey, you know, I hate this person or I want to pick a fight with that person. Listen, we don't need any more people yelling, screaming, picking apart everybody and everything that doesn't agree with them. God wants his children to be his agents of truth, but also his vessels of peace. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Is God happy with everything that goes on around in your life, my life, and many other people's lives? No, there's plenty of things he is displeased with. But he is always wanting us to find peace with him and peace with one another. Sometimes that's not possible, but it doesn't mean you need to be just a noisemaker. You still need to seek to be a peacemaker and then leave the rest in other people's lives to God. But thirdly, ask yourself this, are you wanting your way or God's way? Are you wanting your way or God's way? God's word tells us there are two ways to live this life, our way and God's way. In practical terms, this means this. You either choose to live foolishly, which is any way other than God's way, or you choose to live wisely by saying, hey, I want what God wants. Ephesians 5, 17 says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Listen, when you are not living to seek the will of God, you are choosing to live foolishly. Now, the only way you can truly do things God's way is this. You have to give up your own way. You, you can't make God's space, by the way, without giving up that space to God. So you have to say, God, I'm not about my agenda. I'm not about my will. I want your will. Luke 9, 23, Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily 
and follow me. For us to do things like Jesus, for us to deal with conflict like Jesus, we have to love like Jesus, live like Jesus, and think like Jesus. To handle conflict God's way, three things, again, must be aligned with God. Our agenda, our attitude, and our approach. Our agenda must be God's will and God's glory. Our attitude must be the same as Christ Jesus. And our approach should follow biblical protocol, which means it should be guided from the principles of God's word known as the Holy Bible. Now, how should I deal with conflict God's way? I'm not going to tell you everything there is to know today, but I'm going to share with you some things that will, will be game changers in how you deal with conflict if you so choose to embrace what the Word of God says. The first thing is this. You need to love more and preach less. You need to love more and preach less. Many people, even inside the church house, we're great about spitting out rights and wrongs, about quoting certain scriptures, about declaring where we stand on this issue and that issue. But listen to me, many care more about their agenda than they do people. That is what separates people who have religion versus people who have a relationship with God. Those who are letting God usher through them, they don't just have an agenda. They truly care about people because God cares about people. Yes, there's many times that God calls us to, to speak the truth, but he always calls us to speak it with love. There's times that we need to stand firmly in the truth and, and not bend on that truth. You know, listen, we don't have to accept what's going on around us to love those around us. God never tells us to do, though, or say anything without his love pouring through our veins. As many have said, God doesn't like ugly. Listen, we all need to quit pushing our agenda. Some of you need to hear that right now because that's the game changer for you. We need to quit pushing our agenda and learn how to truly love people. Love will always carry things further than any words, flags, or protests. I want you to, I want you to swallow that right now because I've been swallowing it all week. Listen, love will always carry things further than any words, flags, or protest. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Love is greater than all of those things and anything else you could think of. Listen, you can't deal with any conflict effectively without love leading the way. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They're not listening when they know you don't care. You need to wholeheartedly love God. And then you can't help but wholeheartedly love people because that's how God loves every person, even the ugliest of people. Listen, despite our differences, we are called to genuinely love people. Anything out of our mouth that is not fueled by a love for God and a love for people, it is not good, it is not God. It is just noise and empty words. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. It says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gang, gong, or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing 
If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. You know what that's saying right there? You could be in church every Sunday. You could listen to a thousand sermons. You can know every scripture. You could say you pray all the time and that you and Jesus got your own thing going. But if you don't have love, you are nothing but a sounding gong. You are nothing but a clanging cymbal. No one's going to find your faith and your relationship with God believable. Listen, often the difference between just a noisemaker and a peacemaker is God's love. Now, here is how Scripture says love will manifest itself and show itself. I want you to hear it. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. This is what love should look like. It says love is patient and kind. It's not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud and not rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It is not irritable and keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful, and love endures through every circumstance. By the way, one thing I've never said ever in my life, because the love of God will not allow me to do this, and that is to say about any human being, I don't care what they've done, I don't care what they've said, I don't care what everybody thinks about them, or even what I think about them. I've never said, hey, I wish that person would just burn in hell. That's not the love of God. There's nobody I could look at and want that for because that's not what God wants. Listen, no matter what you ever say or do, it should always be fueled by God's love. We all need to love more and preach less. Sometimes it's better that you say nothing if you don't have love fueling what you're about to say. Secondly, we need to seek to understand, not just to be understood. You need to seek to understand, not just to be understood. Listen, this requires, once again, for us to listen more and talk less. Too often, we just want to be heard and understood by others. But listen to me. We must take time to listen and understand the other person because this not only shows that we care, but that we are seeking to approach them in an understanding way. Listen, until you understand somebody, you can't meet them like Jesus meets us in an understanding way, right where they are. Listen, Jesus met you right where you were, filthy, full of sin. He didn't wait on you to change. He's a gentleman. He is loving. Listen, God never forces himself on us, by the way. He gives us all a choice. He sent his son, Jesus, to die for us despite us, but he never forces himself. He never forces salvation upon you or or, or any beliefs. He gives you a choice. He meets you where you are. That's the way we're supposed to meet other people, where they are. And we need to seek to understand them, not just to be understood by them. Listen to this. Nobody likes an agenda shoved down their throat. Nobody likes an agenda shoved down their throat. Don't be so focused on sounding right, choose to act right. Most people struggle to respect anybody who is totally unwilling to respect them. Often you have to give respect before you can earn respect. It doesn't matter if you think the other person's dead wrong. They may be completely wrong. You may be the one completely wrong. It doesn't matter which way that is. 
you need to value the other person and you need to show them that you really do care about whatever's going on within them. Because maybe, listen, they can be just as passionate about the wrong stuff as you are about the right stuff. Listen, shouting matches and hissy fits rarely accomplish anything good. Fellas, those of us who've been married, I'm going to give you advice that God's been putting on my heart lately. And that's this. Listen, most conflict in our marriages, it is about a misunderstanding. I've been married this August 23rd, 23 years. And if there's one thing I do understand is there's been many a time that I have sought to love my wife in a non-understanding way. It took me about eight, 10 years into the marriage to realize that, listen, I needed to not just seek to be understood, but seek to understand her so that I could love her in an understanding way. That's why 1 Peter 3.7 says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Listen, just like is true in a marriage relationship, it is the same way in any real relationship. We have to learn how to resolve things in an understanding way. That requires us to listen more and talk less. Anytime someone says, you don't even care what I have to say, there may be a point to that. You may need to stop in your tracks and go, you know what? Maybe I'm preaching something that's truth but it's not being received because the other person feels like I don't respect them in any form or fashion. Listen, you should not be waiting on just anybody to do that for you. You should be seeking to do that with them. Listen, conflict resolution, it cannot even begin to happen as long as both parties are yelling their agenda and playing tug of war. Listen, you need to be the one, Christ follower, to put down your side of the rope and quit taking the bait that Satan keeps putting out. There has to be effort towards some understanding. This doesn't mean that you have to agree with what this person is doing or saying. Listen, try to find any common ground, not just differences to fight over. I want you to swallow that. Try to find any common ground, not just differences that you can fight over. Listen, I don't care who you put before me. I can find common ground with them because both of us, Um, Jesus died for us. Both of us, we struggle. Both of us, we're imperfect. Both of us deal with a real imperfect world. Listen, anytime you don't attempt to love someone in an understanding way, don't expect much positive impact. Seek to listen, not just be heard. Seek to understand, not just to be understood. But thirdly, you need to live proactively, not reactively. You need to live proactively, not reactively. Let me explain this. Most people's actions are simply reactions. I see grown adults constantly on social media throwing temper tantrums. I see claiming believers in Christ doing just like everybody else. By that, I mean blowing a gasket and acting like a fool every time somebody doesn't do things the way they want. Listen, I'm not just talking about just standing up for things that that you believe in or fighting for. I'm talking about people that lose their minds when anybody says or posts something that they don't agree with. Listen, if I blew a gasket every time somebody said or did something I didn't agree with, I probably wouldn't have many friends. Life, it is full of differences. We all have human emotions, sinful nature, and different perspectives, but God The the Word of God says that the Spirit that God has put in us, it is a spirit of love, of power, 
and a sound mind. Other translations say self-discipline. Where's the self-discipline? Listen, never is it good to do anything or say anything out of pure anger, bitterness, or rage. As believers, we need to learn how to control our emotions and our reactions. We need to not live reactively, but proactively. Not out of impulse, but out of God's protocol. James chapter 1, verse 19 says this. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Listen, James here is saying, don't just react out of every emotion you feel. Yes, I understand that it's a free country, but not everything that you choose to do is beneficial. Not everything you choose to say is good. Not everything you choose to post on social media. Once again, if it's not fueled by love and respect, and, and, and the way God wants it to be, listen, you're just another noisemaker. You're loud and proud, but you're just a noisemaker. You're like, man, I'm posting this so that I can have a positive impact on others. No, you just turned off a multitude of people. 1 Corinthians six twelve says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. Listen to that. 1 Corinthians six twelve says, I have the right to do anything, you say but not everything is beneficial. I acknowledge we all have a right to say whatever, but it still doesn't mean it needs to be said. A believer in Christ, we should not react based on feelings and emotions, but we should be proactively led by our God, by our faith, and by the word of God. Listen, the world should see the difference Christ makes in us. Do you know when the world can see the greatest difference of what Christ is doing in you? Is not when you react, but when you still have the peace of God in you, and when you still have the faith that you had before the storm in the storm. In fact, when that's not happening, we know that we're not lined up and aligned with God. But fourthly, we need to be spirit-led, not flesh-driven. We need to be spirit-led, not flesh-driven. Now, this is when we're getting into the meat and the potatoes. Listen to this. Christians, we are never called to live flesh-driven and self-serving. We are led by the Spirit of God to allow the Spirit of God to live through us. Listen, Jesus didn't have a selfish bone in him. And the scripture says that our attitude is to be just like Christ Jesus. We find that in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. It talks about how selfless Christ is and how, how we're to be of the same mind and mission and approach in life. Listen, you need to realize that your fleshly sinful nature that still exists even when you're a believer in Christ, even when the Spirit of God lives within you, it is constantly at war with the Spirit of God that lives within you. Do not say when you act ugly that, that God made you do it or led you to do it. No, the sinful nature within you chose to do it. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. It says, so I say, let the Spirit, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Again, it says you, 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 you have to let the Holy Spirit, it's a choice, guide your lives so that you won't be led by your sinful nature. Verse 17 says the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other 
so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Now listen to what your sinful nature produces. This is just a piece of this scripture, Galatians 5, 19 through 20. It says, when you're being led by your sinful nature, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. Listen, when you're just acting out of pure ugliness, don't say that you are standing up and being God's representative. You're representing you not him. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23, it describes the evidence and the manifestation of what the fruit of the Spirit should look like in our lives if we're allowing the Spirit to lead us. Look at it. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Again, it counters the sinful nature. It says, when we're led by the Spirit, there's going to be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Listen, whenever you are operating outside of that, the Spirit of God is not leading your thought, your mind, your mission. Listen, the fruits of the Spirit I just read should be flowing through you into this world. Children of God, we aren't supposed to live and act like everybody else. We aren't supposed to live and act like everyone else. Listen, it's no use in you telling me, hey, well, everybody else does it. Again, you're not called to be everybody else. You are called to be a child of God, a child of light, set apart for such a time as this. One of the things that excites me about this season of chaos is this. Not the difficulty people are going through, but the opportunity of Christ followers like you and me to let our light shine even in the midst of the darkness. Now look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 through 26. The apostle Paul, he gets our set, sights set on who we are in Christ. Again, sometimes you got to remember whose you are and who you are in Christ. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Listen, we're not supposed to just be led by our sinful nature and our human emotions just like everybody else. Anybody can do that. We are called to allow the Spirit of God to lead our very attitude, approach, and agenda. Otherwise, we're just another part of the chaos. But number five, leave the judgment in God's hands. We need to leave the judgment in God's hands. Listen, first of all, all of us will have to answer to God. Even the people that think they're going to get away with doing whatever they want, whenever they want, and however they want, they're not going to be. God says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. But listen, we are not supposed to be focused on the sins of others as well as we can't take and we will not give an account for others. We have to take responsibility of ourselves because we're going to have to give an account of ourselves to God. Ask yourself, am I carrying myself in such a way that I am honoring God in the conflicts that I deal in life? Am I trying to play judge and be judgmental towards people, or am I seeking to trust God 
that he'll deal with them. Look at Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Jesus said, he says, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eyes when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Listen, let's not act self-righteous. The main reason why I don't have time to just be spending all of my time judging other people or pointing out their sins is because, again, I'm constantly dealing with my own hot mess. I'm constantly having to say, God, can you get my mind right? Can you get my heart right? Can you get my words in line with what you want? Don't act self-righteousness, but by the grace of God go I. Listen, don't operate judgmental. Make sure you are owning your attitude, your actions, your agenda. It is not your job to judge people. It is not your job or mine to judge people. We are called to love people, to lift Jesus, and to point people to God's truth and to let them see Christ in us. I'm so glad that my parents... They've always demonstrated for me and always taught me how to always love all people, all races, how to always seek to do the right thing no matter what everybody else chooses to do, and how to always trust Jesus even when I can't control anything within me or around me. But number six, you need to deal with people directly, not indirectly. You need to deal with people directly, not indirectly. Listen, we live in a passive-aggressive society. We live in a day and age where most people, they deal with their personal conflicts with others or through others, and just a lot of times only through social media, never directly, but indirectly. Now, sometimes there are things that they need to be said for the benefit of others, but oftentimes when we have a conflict with someone, it is a personal matter, and the Bible says that we need to deal with them personally. We don't need to involve other people creating more chaos. Listen, don't just make a Facebook post. Don't just make a Facebook post telling the world how bad your sister, your brother, your friend, or another person is. Rarely does this create any more peace. In fact, it usually only escalates the chaos between you and that individual. And then other people get in the middle of that chaos and they take one side or the other side. Look at what Jesus says is the way that we should deal with each other directly. Matthew 18, 15 through 16 Matthew 18, 15 through 16, Jesus said, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Listen, winning every argument at any cost is not always a win. Making a social media post for the entire world to see something that you have not even gone directly yet to that person about is not the Jesus way. You need to go directly to the person first. Listen, I've been guilty before about talking about someone before I talk to that someone. We've all done it. We need to go directly to that person first. But last but not least, 
We need to quit speaking careless words. We need to quit speaking careless words. You need to make sure that your words aren't just intended, that the only goal of your words aren't just to cut someone down, to never think that, that, that two wrongs make a right. Listen, just because somebody was ugly to you doesn't mean that it's good or it's God for you to be ugly back. The Bible says that each of us will give an account, not just for what we do, but even what we say for every careless word. Matthew 12, 36, Jesus said, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. The Bible also says that we should say nothing that is not intended, that the goal is not there some way, form, or fashion to encourage that person forward. Listen, you can be saying truth that someone doesn't want to hear and still want the best for them, still speak love towards them, still seek to say it in an encouraging way. Again, your approach always matters. Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, a lot of times when we operate, we operate out of a a defensive mode, we're hot-headed, and it's because that situation has revealed some issues inside of us. There are often feelings of of, of prejudice, of of bitterness and anger that are raging within us. We did not know that we were one degree away from boiling, but the circumstance revealed that. Listen, there are oftentimes feelings that need to be dealt with within you before you deal with anybody or anything. Let God deal with things inside of you. You need to let God deal with things inside of you. They may be doing wrong to you. They may be saying things that they shouldn't say about you. But oftentimes, listen, our feelings, our perspectives, our bitterness, our inherited prejudices that maybe we grew up with or because of circumstances we've dealt with, oftentimes and too often, they fuel careless words. We need to let God deal with the things within us so that we can deal in the right way with others. Ephesians 4.30 says, get rid of all bitterness. Rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Listen, it is never usually a good thing for you to to, to communicate to someone too quickly, hot-headed, just opinionated, and in a defensive mode. Often we're too quickly prone to give away a piece of our mind that we're going to later wish that we could take that piece back. Anytime you speak too quick, too many words. In fact, there's, there's a scripture that says, you know, where there are many words, sin is not far, sin is not absent. You need to be careful about the careless words that you say. Now, when I ask you again on this, I want to remind you how to ask yourself and get yourself aligned with God's way of dealing with conflict. The first day is this, is my attitude right? Am I aiming to be a solution or am I a problem? The other A is, is my approach right? Am I just another noisemaker creating and escalating more chaos? Or am I seeking with my approach to try to be a peacemaker? Again, peacemaker, don't get that um, confused with, with someone who's not courageously standing on the truth and caring about what God cares about. And then finally, agenda. Is my agenda right? Am I just seeking my way 
or am I seeking God's way? God will reveal this to you if you seek him with all your heart. For those truly wanting to go God's way right now, those of you that want to be a part of the solution and to be a peacemaker, you're going to have to allow Almighty God to get things right within you so that you can think the way you should think and live and love and operate the way God would have you to. God will lead you. God will help you deal with these conflicts. doesn't matter what comes your way. Listen, with God, you can get through it, and he will show you the way to deal with it. Would you please bow your heads with me in prayer right now? Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just um, I thank you for each and every person, Lord, right now that's listening to this message. Lord, I lift up, Lord, the struggles that they're facing. Lord, it may be even the conflict that they feel in the middle of. God, we all, to certain degrees, Lord, we, 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 we're among such, uh, Lord, frustration, uh, such division, su- such hostility, such emotions, Lord. Lord, careless words being slung here and slung there. But God, help us each, Lord, to be your vessels of peace. Lord, help us each to be those, Lord, that live set apart. Lord, not conformed, but transformed as your spirit works within us and through us. God, I lift up anything and everything that's on the minds and hearts of those listening right now. God, I pray if there's anyone right now that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord, Lord, that that today they would understand, Lord, how much you love them and that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for them. Lord, that if they would admit their sin, if they would believe in you, Jesus, for the forgiveness of their sin. Lord, that you paid the price on that cross for them. And Lord, that you arose from that grave on the third day for them, Lord. And because of your victory over the grave, Lord, through Christ, they too do not have to fear the grave, eternity, Lord, or today or tomorrow. God, I pray if anyone hasn't yet said, Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life, I pray they would do that right now. Or they would reach out to us and say, hey, I want to know how to do that. God, help us all to be who you would have us to be. Lord, in a time that is so chaotic, help us to be the peace that you've called us to be. It's in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Amen.